0: Welcome, Blanco. We're pleased you're with us for our D35 On The Go, our District 35 podcast. We hope this allows you to listen, learn, and stay connected when it's convenient for you. I'm Katherine Wang. I have the pleasure of serving as the superintendent of our school district and your host. Today, we'll talk with Beth Bertoni, Central School Psychologist about something called executive functioning. We're going to be discussing what executive functioning means, how it connects to one's ability to organize their thinking. We're also going to talk about ways that our schools support the development of students' executive functioning skills. And we're going to address some of those common questions we get from parents related to executive functioning and how you can help at home. Thanks so much for being with us today.
1: I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. We're going to start with a quick round of your favorite things. So we want to get to know you just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So tell us, what is your favorite part about the back-to-school season?
1: So as much as I love summer, I do like the return to routine, and I think all parents would agree that especially getting my kids back into a little bit of a routine I have a two and a four year old so it's been fun to see them starting they're both in school it's been fun to see them starting school and kind of all of us in a routine together.
0: So you all had to get back after summer into school routine I love that. Yes yes. Okay how about favorite food?
1: So my family really likes to go out to Mexican and I love chips and guacamole chips and salsa I would say those are, I can never go wrong with those. Now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Favorite weekend activity when you're away from school?
1: Uh, I love to run on the weekends. Fall, I would say, is my favorite time to run outside. So going on runs.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we have to ask you your favorite organizational tool.
1: So, actually, a new one I was introduced to last year by Mr. Pittuck, who's our technology specialist, is Google Keep. Um, it's very intuitive. It, you know, syncs with all your other Google platforms, and it's great for students. They kind of has, you can make like a Post-it note for each class and cross things off and create checkboxes. I've had a lot of students who um, don't love the traditional paper, pencil, assignment notebook enjoy using that, so.
0: I love that, and I love Post-it notes. I'll have to check that out more. Yeah. Okay, so Beth, you have worked for the last 10 years as a school psychologist at Central School. Tell us a little bit about what that work entails. What do you do as a school psychologist?
1: So a lot of my role is educational testing. Um, So I assess students who might be struggling academically or behaviorally or with, um, you know, social, emotionally. Um, I work very closely with our problem-solving team. So our reading specialists, social workers, math specialists, to determine why students might be struggling and to, you know, help support them. Um, I also work with a lot of our teams on executive functioning support, so whether that's full-class executive functioning interventions or working individually with students who have been referred by, um, by teachers.
0: Okay, so now we've got to dig a little bit deeper because we have said the term executive functioning mm-hmm. multiple times now, and it can encapsulate many things. Can you elaborate on what it means, what do we mean by executive functioning? so that we all can have that common understanding of the, the words?
1: Sure, so there's many definitions for executive functioning. I think a simple one is skills that we use to complete tasks, um, both in the present moment and working towards future goals. So when thinking about a student um, in the present moment, they need to use their attention skills to pay attention to a teacher. Um, they you know, might use note-taking skills to help their working memory and recalling what they're learning. Um, Task initiation is another executive skill, so if they're asked to begin a task, getting started on that promptly would be another skill. And then some more future-directed skills, such as putting a paper in the right spot so that you have it for later, um, writing down what you need to do for later to aid your working memory. Um, all of those are kind of involved with with executive functioning. And underpinning all those are self-regulation, self-awareness, self-monitoring. Those are all skills that are involved with, with executive functioning.
0: That has to be the most clear definition I have ever heard. That really helped me to get a sense of what falls under that executive function.
1: May I Thank also you. ask?
0: Sure is it appropriate is it um the correct terminology to to shorten it to ef is that what we hear sometimes
1: yes i think that i I use that a lot um it is a longer term so i think saying ef is is great Mm -hmm. okay so i'm a parent Mm -hmm.
0: and how might i know that my child is struggling with executive function what what is that going to look like I can understand all those examples that mm-hmm. you share, but what am I going to see in the home to be to be worried about my child's developing EF skills?
1: Yeah, so of course it varies by student. Some students you know, might struggle with one of these skills, and so, some might struggle more globally. Um, themes that I hear are um, that a child's having difficulty thinking and planning ahead. They're kind of maybe in the moment and not thinking about how to be prepared for the next day, what they need to have in their backpack for the next day, what materials they need to have, Um, difficulty getting started on tasks. So maybe they're a child who avoids homework and then feels stressed. Maybe they're a child who kind of rushes through work and doesn't attend to details. Um, So those are kind of some key themes that I I hear. Um, Of course, just general organization of materials. A lot of times I hear parents say, my kid just really struggles to, to keep track of things. Um, And then, you know, just generally, I I think parents are the ones who kind of tend to see the stress and emotions at home. So around homework, they see, you know, meltdowns, frustration, difficulty, you know, knowing what to do and how to do it. Um, So I would say those are kind of the themes that I I hear most from parents.
0: So what you're describing, Beth, is pretty much everything that we ask a child to do Mm -hmm. to to navigate a school day. Mm -hmm. So I'm going, I'm going to, I want to jump to, and I hope our parents want to hear this as well, is what's, what does the school do to help very intentionally work on those skills and support a child to grow in that area?
1: I think we have... A staff who really does understand executive functioning, and there are a lot of things that do happen in each at each grade level. Um, for example, in fifth and sixth grade, they use that advisory time to go through the assignment notebook at the beginning of the day and talk through what's coming and what kids have to do. Um, a lot of teachers have really nice nice systems that they you know teach kids about how to organize things. Um, as the kids get older, some of our teachers are really great at teaching like note taking skills and study strategies. So I think there's a lot that happens in the classroom. I think another thing that I see our teachers being amazing at is routines, having like this is the same routine in our, in our class every day. And I think that really helps kids who struggle with these kinds of skills. Um, first of all, feel regulated, like I know what's coming and I can follow this routine. Um, so I think those are, those are some of the things among many that I, I see our teachers do to support these skills. You talked about your role in
0: helping uh, teachers or parents to problem solve. What are you hearing from teachers about EF? What are the the trends that they're bringing forth?
1: Very similar to parents, I would say our teachers are really good at identifying though when they see inattention, difficulty getting started on tasks, um, that organization piece. They you know can often identify that. One that is starting to come up a lot more, as you can imagine, is um, difficulty managing technology and impulse control around technology. So our teachers are having to really identify when a kid is struggling to use technology for learning and maybe it's becoming more of a distraction and determining how they can support a student with that. And maybe intentionally kind of, you know, say, this isn't a time that you need your iPad. We're going to remove that distraction from you and you can use, you know, just your your textbook for this. Um, So those types of things I hear from, from teachers and kind of like I said before, I feel like the, the parents might see more of the emotional end of things. Not that it doesn't come in school too, but I think parents probably see more of the, the emotion and the comfort of, of home that comes out around, around homework. We know that um, a,
0: a large group about 20 teachers participated this summer in a book study around this very topic. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? What what was that work grounded in and
1: what were some themes or learning that came out of that group? Yeah, so we read a book by um, Russell Barkley, who's an expert on, on executive functioning. He's some, somebody that I um, really appreciate hearing from and has a lot of great ideas and just is kind of the the person to go to on executive functioning. Um, one teacher mentioned to me that his work was really a lens shift for her about the underlying skills like with executive functioning, whether that's working memory or cognitive flexibility, perspective taking, all these things that I think a lot of times if you understand that that might be why a student's struggling, it helps you to support them better. Um, this teacher for example, talked about writing and how it helped her understand why a kid might struggle with writing, which has a lot of executive functioning demands within it. Um, So I think that that kind of deeper understanding of executive functioning was helpful for myself and for hopefully the other people who participated. Beth, you talked
0: about um, some of the ways our staff would support our children with executive functioning. What about at home? What do you see are some ways that a parent might be more intentionally
1: helping a child with those skills? So I'll say that middle school can be tough because I think that um, kids are seeking more independence. Um, And I think sometimes recognizing that even though kids might be seeking independence, they oftentimes do still need a little bit of adult support. Um, One thing that I often recommend to parents is before a kid gets into the week on Sunday, I, I heard it somewhere called a Sunday session where you take 10 minutes to... You know, go over the family calendar, talk about what activities the child has coming up, talk about maybe what tests they have coming up. Before you get into the craziness of the week, to kind of help that the kid look and plan ahead as much as possible, getting a kid to kind of verbalize what they have coming up and talk through it, um, I think that that can really help a kid feel regulated going into the week and know what's coming. Um, and also, you know, kind of be prepared with the materials that they might need and just kind of start to, to think through those things. I think that can kind of help, um, you know, in advance with some of the stress that might might come up. So that's one thing. So those sound like incredible, <laughs> proactive ideas. And then the week comes, mm-hmm.
0: and with every day, there's potentially another homework assignment. Mm-hmm. What are your suggestions and ideas for the family and parents to support and manage that for their son or daughter?
1: One thing that I do a lot in my office with kids is I'll have them sit down and just on a Post-it note make a list of the tasks that have to – the most important tasks for that night. And estimate the amount of time each one's going to take. And then use a timer to kind of get through each each task. Um, I try to get on kids' level and say, "Let's get through these things because I want you to have time outside of school to do what you enjoy. You know, life shouldn't be school and homework. So I think talking to kids about, you know, how can you get these things done efficiently? Where do you need to work to get them done efficiently? How can you manage your distractions?" Um, maybe your room isn't the best spot, um, but I think that can just be a quick, helpful thing to do. And the use of timers—I I love timers um, for kids who might be like, "This is going to take forever." And then helping them recognize, well, if you really dedicate your time, it really only took 20 or 30 minutes. Um, so that's that's one tip that I would I would say I find helpful. So building on that, mm-hmm. when you think about middle
0: school, that's the time where we do see some workload increase. Mm-hmm. We see homework possibly across content areas, and you see tests that may be a little bit more robust than what they experienced at West School. Mm -hmm. So any important strategies or tips for parents to help
1: support their children with that at home? So um, yeah, I would say that taking an active approach to studying. I think a lot of times kids think, oh, if I just reread through things or just look at my notes or look at as much as possible, taking information and doing something with it whether that's making flashcards, whether that's taking homework problems and kind of shifting them to make a new problem and then going through them, trying to figure out as as much as possible the areas that you aren't confident in and then, you know, reviewing those things. Um, If it's an essay, sometimes kids just will read through it and say, oh, I think I know what I'm going to write. Well, maybe actually write out the bullet points. And that helps you figure out, okay, well, I need to look back at this because I'm not exactly certain what I want to write. Another thing is I think, um, you know, middle school is kind of a time when you can maybe have little failures and learn from them. So if there is a test that you don't do well on, maybe looking at it and figuring out where did things not go well and what can I do next time to, you know, review a little bit differently or to take a different approach to studying. I know kids might not always be open to that, but that is something that I think is helpful. I appreciate that. I think everything
0: you've talked about Um, you've given tips and ideas that our parents can really kind of reflect on and think about what am I doing in the home environment as well to support my son or daughter. So, Beth, on September 20th, we have a a D35 Learning Together event coming up that will focus solely on EF. You connected us, thank you very Mm -hmm. much, Mm -hmm. with Maggie Schwalbeck, our speaker. Can you tell us a little bit about why you suggested our district uh, connect with Maggie and, and what you hope will come out of that?
1: Yes. Um, So Maggie is the owner of North Shore Executive Functioning. Um, So she, her company works with both kids and adults. And actually, funnily enough, I heard about her from a friend of mine, an adult friend who um, worked with an executive functioning coach through her, her business and had a really good experience. And then I listened to a lecture that I found that she did at Evanston Township, and I just thought she had great ideas around executive functioning, great strategies. I was impressed with her her deep knowledge of executive functioning, and I'm always wanting to learn more about strategies. So I think this is a topic that every parent could get something out of. And even adults can think about where they might have executive functioning struggles and how they can, you know, improve that to help their child. So um, I'm really excited about about her coming to speak. So in addition to
0: this podcast and then Maggie's talk, are there any other resources that you recommend for parents to use or or staff members to support the topic for their children or the students
1: whom they serve sure um I love Peg Dawson she has a couple books smart but scattered and then smart but scattered teen um, she has great practical resources and she's somebody who I, I her book is a reference for me often. Um, there's also Dr. Kelly Cartwright has a book that um, we that I, I've read. And also there's a podcast that I really like um, that she talks about the connection between executive functioning and reading. Um, it's called To the Classroom Podcast and Kelly Cartwright's The Speaker. Um, and then Russell Barkley, he has a lot of online resources and he's a great, uh, great resource for understanding executive functioning.
0: Well, Beth, thank you. You have filled us mm-hmm. with lots of different ideas and strategies and and resources that we can go and take a closer look at so thank you so much for what you do every day to support our students and our staff and
1: then being available to support our parents as well of course I'm glad you're on our team this was great thank you so much Catherine. thanks so much make. for listening
0: If you're interested in learning more about supporting your child with executive functioning, please mark your calendar to join our September 20th evening event with Maggie Schwalbach from 6 to 7 p.m. in Meisner. You will see a form to RSVP on the Central School website and our weekly news. Maggie will also be joining us on the evening of September 27th for a Central Roundtable event. This is meant to be a more interactive conversation between parents, Maggie, and Dr. Mollett, and give you an opportunity to ask deeper questions in a smaller group setting. A great big thanks to our student musicians, and please keep an eye out for our next podcast. We are pleased to welcome you back to our 23-24 school year. Thank you.